Well, mate, we uh, we beat Ipswich 4-0 and didn't get to do a podcast, so now we get to come up in here and be pissed off. Fantastic. Yeah. Welcome to episode 245 of Mighty White's podcast. I'm Jack, as always, John by KC. Hello. Uh, annoyance at the Preston game aside, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, good. Got to take it out with some axe throwing yesterday. Yeah, the axe throwing was good, actually. It was a, it was a good idea of yours, that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did find myself going, fucking make a change. <laughs> but, you know. I mean, I, I thought it was probably a bit harsh that you brought that picture of Il- like, that full body cut out of Ilan Melier to put in front of the board. But, um, no, in fact, you can't you... miss it. It's eight foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> it's the moving arms. That's the challenge. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll get straight into that. As much as I would love to just talk about the Ipswich game instead, because it was more fun. We've all moved past that at this point. Uh, Preston 2, Leeds 1. Before even starting, were you surprised that we were unchanged? No. I don't I think we should have I think we should have made changes, but I was not at all surprised. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we spoke about this during the last it's it's becoming the new pirouette ten. It's you should probably start to maybe have a think about this. Yeah. Um I it's very frustrating knowing the run of games you've you've got this close together. Um and I just I just don't see I, I don't think it, there's anyone calling for wholesale changes, but I don't think anyone would get mad if you rested Dan James. No, like the last few games he hasn't been. And there's a few players that just... I've actually got a thing later that just says, do you think we look tired? But we may as well do it now, because I think that we do. I think hmm. like I think that Luther, in the second half especially, did some really good things getting us up the pitch when we only had 10 men. He was basically the only one getting us up there. But I still think he looked knackered. <laughs> like... Yeah, like uh, him uh, and Somerville, for as, for as lively as he continues to look, is Somerville's taking an absolute battering week mm-hmm. after week. Like, it's not the worst thing if he starts a game on the bench. Um, yeah, I, I, I think as you go through the game, I think we'll, we'll kind of question a few of the changes that were made as well. But um, yeah, to, to, to say. That to say that we didn't make any changes at all, um, I say I wish I would have been surprised, but I absolutely wasn't. No, and to be honest, like I did, I think I put on ours when I saw that uh, unchanged, and I'm not, and you know, I sort of saw that coming, but yeah, we did talk about it before a few games. And the thing is that Farker himself said for the festive period, you need to make changes, and then just didn't. This is Jesse. Um, this is Jesse Marsh's knowledge of warm weather all over again. Yeah, um, the first half more than all. I just don't think it was much of a game. Like I think Preston got did quite well. They put us under enough pressure, but I don't think they were great either. I just don't think it was much of a game. Like Roden had a decent headed chance from a Somerville free kick, uh, and the like Rutter got in behind with a really good run and found Dan James that got blocked. But the best chance was a. Uh, Spence got him down the left. I can't remember who played it. I think it was Stroud played him through. Pull back for Pirot about eight yards out. Really good chance. And it got blocked, but he, he basically fluffed it anyway. 
Like it, it got blocked with no pace on it because he did it completely wrong. Yeah. Um there were one or two times we, we sort of managed to get in behind, but um I do you know we, we we had two shots on target all afternoon and one of those is a penalty. Yeah. So it, it, uh as much as I'm going to get mad at a lot of things that involve players at the back end of the pitch this time, we weren't good enough going forward at all in this game. No, and I don't know whether, again, whether you look at it as as, as tiredness on on the part of the players, or if it's a a certain level of predictability about the way we play at, at this point. But the, the 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 seems to be a lot of. Well, it's it's last season, but replace Nanto with Somerville. It's give it to him and hope he does something really good. Yeah, there is a bit of that. Um, the I thought, to be honest, from what yeah, the main takeaway in the first half, and it isn't retroactive given how the second half went. There was, if you went on Twitter, it's what ev- everyone was saying basically. Liam Miller, the Archie Gray, and I always emphasise Miller because that's not how you spell Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> He had the best of him the entire first half. That every, all of their good stuff came from him running out and always going inside every single time, really. I'm sure that there's one where he didn't, that I don't remember because it didn't lead to it, but he seemed to always go inside. He had a really good cross that like, was just ahead of Brown and went just beyond far post. He had a shot over, there was one tipped over as well. It was, it was by far their main threat. And at halftime, you could see loads of people going, Look, it's not Archie Gray's fault. He's a 17-year-old kid, but he's getting outdone here. You need to change something. You've got an incredibly quick right-back at left-back who you can move over and put someone else there. Like, if Byron was fit enough to be on the bench, he was fit enough for 45 minutes, you'd think. Yeah. Um, And the hesitancy with the changes, again, I think was a real problem. Like, I mean, that, this is another thing that's true. Uh, Michael Brown, Merry Christmas, Michael, by the way, I've just seen your thing from above. Saying the feature of the Elsa team was that I've always stuck with the same players. They were much fitter and we were like really high up in the late goals table. And the fight team is the complete opposite. We're really quite low down in the late goals table. And it looks like, he's, he said, doesn't look like we can dominate beyond 50 minutes. And it depends. If we score early, we can dominate games quite well, but if we don't, this 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 is probably going to be quite harsh. But when when you look at it like that, it's it's that that Gary McAllister League One team of if we score in the first twenty minutes, we will probably be fine. If you don't score in the first half, we are probably losing that game. Yeah. Um. Which which is concerning, and you know, there's been those times when. I think we've spoken about before when you, you you're watching us in the second half of games, just looking going, you can tell we've taken our foot off the gas and whether that's by design as a, as an attempt to, to save the players legs throughout over the course of a season where it's, if, if we get in front early, then yeah, we could, we can afford to sit back. Um, but it's, it's happened a few too many times to, to make you think it's, did certainly certainly a workable a feasible long term tactic. Um, it's again, it's just kind of 
made all the more frustrating with the the, the talent that is that is there in the squad. And there's only so much you can ever talk about. You know, you can ever praise the players you have in your squad, but not use them. It, yeah. It, you know, it was quite nice. What was it? Willie Nonto got 22 minutes or something like that. Um, um, well, it was the 68th minute. Now, there was eight minutes added on. But yeah. That was, a, that was a hell of a bit of remembering then. <laughs> um, yeah. It all just... You, watched, you could have watched that first half and... I mean, the famous last words for me, I, I think I said to you, were Dan James has had a quiet one just as he made a fantastic run in behind a fullback and, and ran onto a, a nicely weighted pass. Oh, yeah, uh, that one was, Yeah, I remember. And it, and it was a decent pullback, to be fair, and it was a decent bit of play. But, and, and again, this isn't a, a knock on Dan James, but he most of our football is now going through Somerville at the moment because he's... We're, we're still left-side dominant in build-up. He's. We just seem so reliant on him to to do something, despite the fact that Dan James absolutely has the ability to, in a less skillful manner, just knock it past someone and absolutely beat them for pace. Yeah, and and we just don't seem to be using it at the moment. I do wonder if a thing that might really help sort of balance out the build up is if Sam Byron is fully fit for the West Brom game tomorrow night, which is what it sounds like, if we go Byron left-back, Spence right-back. Mm. I wonder if that'll help, because uh, some of Spencer's passing, I've quite liked the thing. Even though he's gave a few away, I, I've quite liked the passes he's been trying to do. And maybe when he's back on his more comfortable side, maybe that'll help. But yeah, first half, as I said, wasn't great. And then the second half, as much as... I don't think Leeds played particularly great. I think that they were a bit slow, a bit like quite a few of the away games we've had. Not not good enough going forward. I'm not sure Farker made change. Him picking the same team was the right thing. I'm not sure he made changes at the right time. But despite all of that, there's a certain point in the game and there's no Farker can do about this. Melier comes for a ball, takes it really cleanly, excellent goalkeeping, and then decides to be a fucking moron. It it seemed to be it seemed to stem from the most innocuous little push as well. It wasn't as if like I'd have fully understood if if he'd have been up in the air and someone would have tried to take his legs out from under him. Mm. Like I I absolutely understand when a goalkeeper kicks up. Someone just seemed to give him a little nudge. He came down. Um, was it was it Alan Brown? I think I can't remember it, who it was. It was, it was, it was. I think Whiteman was involved in the first one. It, yeah, but, Whiteman's the one who gets um, in his face. Is it awesome Jack was his name, I think. The yeah. big, big shit-housey striker that they had. The lad from Montenegro, I believe. He, he like, came flying across. And, yeah, he, you know, shoves Melier and they're both getting in his face. And they are both being dicks. And then Melier sort of palms him off. Very weakly, no power in it whatsoever. But it's... It's putting your hands in someone's face. And if they chuck themselves over, it doesn't matter how pathetic they're being about it. It doesn't matter how much of a dive it is. And it is a dive. But you're going to get sent off for it every single time. The, the referee was a yard away. And I am very much big on control the controllables. You can't control 
them getting in Melia's face a bit and shoving him. You can't control him chucking himself on the floor and like and rolling about. You can control not doing this. Yeah. Like it's just such a and don't get me wrong, everyone's done it. Everyone who's played football at any level has lost their head for five seconds. But you are allowed to say that it was a really stupid thing to do. Because it is. There's, I am sure that when they got back in the changing room, I, he probably by that point didn't even shout at him or anything. He probably just looked at him and went, you have let every single person in this dressing room and those 6,000 that have travelled over, you've let every single one of them down today. Honestly, I think I'd look and sigh and just move on. And that he did it after finally coming for a cross and claiming it dominantly, which he never does. <laughs> Mate, you, you were so close. It's yeah, so close. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's it's it. There's no forgiving it, unfortunately. And well, I mean, I, oh no, I absolutely forgive him. But it's his fault. <laughs> no, mate, no, mate, he's done with this club now. Oh, is he um, dead to you? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those. It, it, I I have been one of Melier's sort of biggest defenders probably over the last couple of years because there there are absolutely the absolutely those who were dead set against him. Well, there was, a, there was a bit at the end of a relegation season where I went, if you don't drop him, I might have to just, like, cheer myself to the gate or something. I've never seen a player in worse form. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's 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 no... There's, there's no... You know, you, you can't get away with something like that at all, and you just yeah. have to hold your hands up. And it's, it's that stupid thing now of... It's the worst way to... Get banned for three games. Yeah, if you're going to get banned like for a, three games, violent conduct, punch him. I think you get your money's <laughs> worth. Take a tooth with you, you know. Uh, that, I'm, sure, that I'm, I'm sure if he actually threw a punch, it probably goes to a panel and gets extended beyond three. But yeah. um, that's the one thing that I can give people because it's a stupid thing to do. <clears throat> the only thing that I sort of can get me around and be annoyed at is it's a free game ban for violent conduct, and you're not convincing me that was violent. Like Whoever decided that violence has never been out in, in a major city on a Saturday night. No. Like, it isn't It isn't really violent, is it? It should, but it's, you know, you take a chance like that. The nicest thing you could say is it gives the referee a decision to make. But, like, if in the same situation, with modern refereeing standards, I'd have had to send him off as well. Like, you can't, no. Yeah. Um, and Leeds, then you're like, wait, well, you just, just keep it together for a, for a bit, set, set a base because you are still, you've got a better quality of player on the pitch than Preston do. You can sort of set yourself and still be in this game. And by the time it had all calmed down after the red card, it's four minutes on paper, but it's probably two. Uh, you know, the, we've got the, to bring on Dallo and yeah, I'm just just looking at it now. The substitution happens in the 55th minute, and they score in the 57th. Yeah, uh, Liam, I mean, stop me if you've heard this before, but Liam Miller is going down that side, <laughs> uh, and he get and he comes inside. He's shown inside by Dan James, who doesn't get anywhere near him for getting tight. Really good cross, really good header from Alan Brown. As much as I've never been Dallo's biggest fan, he's absolutely no chance with it. Um, straight in the corner. And you you one nil down with ten men, and you suddenly you're basically in the shit. And it's it's that really frustrating thing of uh, there was only one of two players who was going to come off in that situation. It was either going to be Jorginho or Piru, 
and you took and you took Piro off, and then you instantly go one nil down, and now you kind of have to bring another attacking player yeah. on again. Now I'm not. I can't even say that that one. I can't even say that's the long sub. Really, no. It's it's you the sub do, you're going to have ten men. You're going to be running around a lot. You're going to need like that's not Piro's strength. I, but the you fact know, that the goal is so quick. The <laughs> yeah, that there is there is football manager me who thinks well. I tell you what, play with a front two and, and some are in behind and then just everyone else defends. But that is very much football manager me, not professional Leeds United manager me. Um, but it, it, it's a very frustrating situation to get yourself into. And, um, and then you're sort of having to look at, look at, at tinkering the team. Um yeah, well, what about 10 minutes later, Spence goes off for Nonto, Kamara off for Gruev, and uh, Somerville off for Matteo Joseph. And we go to, well, it's so, it's that three at the back and Ampadu when everyone else sort of attacks, only you've got to play a less this time. And to be honest, we did look a bit better for the changes. Um, we weren't having loads of the ball and getting it forward well in the way we normally do, but with 10 men, that's understandable. There was sort of one decent chance for Lutter where he took a really good touch on exit box but dragged it wide a little bit. It might have took a little nick, but he didn't catch it clean anyway. But uh, it was uh, uh, just before you move on, I guess looking at those substitutions, the, the two talking points were. I think there's one main talking point, but I was going to leave it till the end. All right. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I will go with the, the, the more minor one here then is uh, yeah. Matteo Joseph coming on ahead of Patrick Bamford. You see, I would, in a way, maybe say that's more major than Somerville being the choice to go off. I, mine wasn't even... My other one wasn't even Somerville. It was... Oh, uh, the Gruen exists. <laughs> I, I mean, one, it's a miracle. He's alive. He exists. He's a real boy. Um, Jed Spence coming off and Archie Gray staying on. Yeah, it was who, who weird. Was having, I mean, I under, who was I having something was... of a difficult afternoon. Yeah, he was sort of moving to... At that point, I suppose, he is playing central because it's more right centre-back, isn't it? Yeah. In that formation. But... I mean, look, still, he, is, He's still the person that's going to be going across to deal with Millar. Yeah. It was it was a weird decision, that. Um, but I think it was a weird decision that he even made it past half-time. Yeah. But I suppose it's not with Farker because he doesn't do early changes. I mean, it to make a sub early in this game, it took us goalkeeper getting sent off. <laughs> like, that's what it takes to do it. But yeah, um, as, as you brought it up, we will do it now. You cha- you're 1-0 down away from home, you're chasing the game, 68 minutes. And it's Joseph and Bamford doesn't get on until the 90th. I mean, I can't. Given Bamford's recent sub appearances, I can't argue with it particularly, but it's a it's certainly an interesting thing to see. It's it's a tough one that you know. There's, there's a reason why Football Manager doesn't. And I'll keep referencing it. I'm on a big binge at the moment. Well, you can um, you can tell because you also messaged me about it last night, so and, uh, you can tell that you've I've really been, been on a binge. I've been on a run. Mark Rocker, you greedy bastard, wanting three hundred seventy-five grand a week. Anyway, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um. But there's a reason why players don't really get ratings if they come come on in the last ten minutes of games because you don't have enough time to do anything. No, um, I'm not saying if if Bamford comes on on you know on 68 minutes he's going to do a lot better. But I've seen one of them 
play a lot more in the championship than I have the other. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, Joseph seemed to be, I'd say, like, fine. I think, I, I honestly, off the top of my head, I can't remember whether he just challenged for it and it fell to Dan James in the build-up to the penalty, or if he actually flicked it on. Mm. Um, it's been a while since. But he was sort of involved in that. Um, we may as well get straight onto that, because there wasn't, other than that Rutter one, and them having a few attacks that did actually get defended quite well, there wasn't any real chances until the penalty. Uh, Dan James dribbles into the box well, cuts inside, little flick, and goes down. It's a bit soft, isn't it, really, if we're being honest. It was a... It's not not a penalty. Like, you you can... It, it would... If there was VAR, it would stay with the on-field decision. But it was a bit soft, and I'd be pissed off if it got given against Leeds. It, I mean, the more you watch it, you're there looking... Dan James has hit him. Yeah. And gone down. He has he stood on someone else's foot and gone it down. Very soft. Um, but, yeah, well, you know, when you get to, what was it, 80, 80 minutes or so at that point and you're down to 10 men, you will absolutely snap your hand off at whatever someone will give you. Um, yeah. And we and all... immediately looked at each other and went, hang on, who the fuck's <laughs> going to take this <laughs> And there was and one then... natural choice. Well, it, look, before I saw him stood at the end of his run-up, it didn't occur to me at the time. But the second that we saw Strauch, I said to you, Hang on, I think he scored three out of three in shootouts. And if I remember rightly, they were all good penalties. No captain as well. And he's captain, he takes responsibility, and also he came through at Ajax, so he's played up front and on the <laughs> wing. And <laughs> like that's They all do that. Um, and steps up, sends keeper one way, really good penalty, really calmly taken. 1-1, one, one, down to 10 men, 10 minutes left. It's a good point. And you're just thinking, right, we have got into it. Now, as much as it's... you, I know that Ipswich and Leicester have got so many points that you start thinking you have to gamble. But after we score that goal, in terms of the shape, in terms of anything, nothing changes. We are still in gamble formation. Yeah, he's not making any more changes. No, we st we stay in gamble formation, and then, I mean, they play a ball down the left side, right out on the touchline, with him facing the corner flag. Miller, and he turns. There's no challenge. We show him inside. He dribbles into the box. Matteo Joseph gets across. Also gets in his body shape to show him inside onto his front foot. And then, yes, he bends an absolute belter into the top corner. It's a great finish. He was the best player on the pitch by a mile. No one is taking anything away from him having a really good game. But, God, we just met... It, it's the decision-making just... Oh, you're really, you really fancy cutting inside. You're doing it every time. We best show you that way. Yeah. And again, if we had an experienced right back on the pitch, I'd probably be saying I'd be wanting to blame them. When it's a 17-year-old centre mid, I sort of have to blame Farker a bit. Who again, someone who has struggled with him throughout the game. All game. Um yeah, it, it was it's really disappointing when you just say going, just get him into the corner, hold him there. If we have to concede a corner, concede the corner, get you know, get organized, but um, when yeah, he... cause this one, it's not like Miller picks it up deep and runs at him. The ball's sort of in behind, and he's got him boxed in against 
not right against the corner flag. He's a few yards away from it, but he's in that position where all he has to do is get tight and he's forcing him that way. And he either digs out across or nothing. You've sort of done, you're already in the right position to defend it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, I, I, I could understand once he's, he's got away from Gray, it's then you've got a centre forward who is stood in his own penalty area yeah. with some, um, I'm just going to call it non existent defending because he's he's not really there. No, he sort of gets half into position and like just leans his body a bit, doesn't he? He doesn't yeah. Um, but the direction he leads the body is to show him that way. Yeah. <laughs> um and once that's in, it's it's game over then. Yeah, I, I know I know there was a boatload of stoppage time, but we never looked like doing out in it, did we? No, we, we didn't and we, we weren't creating enough chances. We weren't testing the keeper. Um we we weren't getting another goal anytime soon. Uh, which, yeah, I, I think ultimately you, you would have to say Preston deserved the result. I, they tested the keepers more, mm. not even that much, but they they did more to warrant the points. Um, it's it's just really disappointing. Given the, the the whole thing going into that was right. If we can follow up on that really good result against Ipswich, against a team who are out of form, haven't been playing well for a fair while. Uh, just speaking about form, I'll flash this up for Michael Brown. Preston's first home win since November the fourth. Brilliant. Um, and and that coupled with knowing that Leicester were playing Ipswich in the late kickoff that evening. Yeah. Um, and a, a, a draw out of that ultimately wasn't a bad result for us. No, I mean, because I don't think anyone's catching Leicester, you'd rather Leicester won, but a draw. Yeah. Um, and that came, that was like a 93rd minute own goal or something as well. Yeah, I, I, I honestly haven't watched it. The term I, I read on was last minute double deflection again, fluky <laughs> bastards, etc. <cetera. laughs> um, so, yeah, fortunately, it, it was just frustrating because if, if things would have gone well over these two games, you could have had a good swing on goal difference good point swing on them and really put yourself in a position to put them under pressure yeah. uh, for, for that second place and we've we've kind of turned that down a little bit yeah and the other thing to mention of course is that we are now fourth because Southampton beats Swansea 5-0 and went three points above us and Southampton um, are in fantastic form at the moment yeah well they had that dodgy start but can you remember in pre-season everyone was saying them and Leicester yeah, and they ha- it took them a while, but there's something like seventeen games unbeaten out there. Mm. It's they have got going. Um, look, it's that was just twenty fourth game, so we are literally one game beyond halfway. So there's loads of time for it to happen yet. But you would right now be saying, "Looks like playoffs, doesn't it?" Yeah, and it's I I, I don't want to get into the the doom and gloom of it because. Realistically, a disaster. We said in pre-season, if we get in the playoffs, we've done fine. 
it's <laughs> i think there i think there is part of part of the the reality of looking at who would be here and who wouldn't be here if we don't go up yeah but it's, 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 it's the not big fear him. it's the big fear of this season yeah um but it's the reality of this season i think i don't, I don't, I don't yeah I think fear is like too abstract a concept. I just think that's the reality of the situation. Because again, you are looking at you are looking at a points tally which most seasons would see you promoted automatically. Um, yeah, I mean, we have now just dropped below two points a game, but Southampton are on two points a game, and then obviously Ipswich and Leicester are well ahead of it. Yeah, it's a little bit of a freak season for that, but we'll have to see what happens with it. Um, in the at the end of the day, as much as there was a lot of uh, frustrations with individual things and decision making, the main thing was we just weren't good enough going forward in this game. It's the least creative we've looked in quite a while. Again, you, you it's going to get repeated until you sort of see some literal changes in, in our case. But yeah, we're looking we're looking tired. We're looking short on ideas. Yeah. Um, so tomorrow night, Leeds are away. We'll at be entertained. And it's a cute <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, so yeah, West Brom's last six. They've won two, drawn one, and lost three. Got beat at home, but they got beat by Leicester. But Leicester, or Leicester lost at Sunderland, which isn't an easy game. Won at Rotherham, drew with Stoke. Uh, lost at Middlesbrough and then they beat 10 man Norwich on Boxing Day. But they are fifth. Uh, and, and Norwich did good at 10 men after like half an hour, so you probably can't read all that much in them. Looks like the 4 2 3 1 pretty consistently, so formation wise should be a good matchup. Uh, we'll have a, a bit more of a glance at their team in a minute, but I mentioned it earlier. Do you think Byron comes in and spends moves over? I I think so. As as much as we all like Archie Gray, it's he's he's had a couple of rough games now at right back, and and, and that's nothing against him in particular. He's come up against some very good uh some very good wingers in in you know Milan had a great game. He's had a, he had a bit of a tough time against Jack Clark. Yeah, um, he's also and, played a shitload of football for a seventeen year old. Like he shouldn't be really yeah, playing this much. Absolutely. Like I don't think it's gonna do him any harm if he had a couple of games out of the team. Mm. And we have I think and I think we've missed Sam Byron. Like he's, oh, definitely. he's well been... um other than Ipswich, which obviously we were brilliant in, that Ipswich game is the only game with one where he didn't play. Yeah. Thought every that, other yeah. time every it's... other time that Byron has had to drop out of the side, we've dropped points. It's uh yeah, it, he, he's he's been a, a a big part of that, of how we played this season and um yeah I, I I think he needs to get back we need to get him back in the team um I think it'll do it'll do Spence good to to get back to right back um just just about how how weird this is in terms of the pecking order. At no point, even when we were talking about taking Gray off in that game, did any of us did either of us mention Furpo's name, nor did anyone comment it. <laughs> and he was on the bench. Yeah, he he, he is there. He's, he's he's definitely there. I've got to give him that. I mean, I must uh, admit, actually, now that I think about it, if it had took Gray off for Furpo and moved Spence over, I would have been okay with that. 
I'd have, I would have thought, why isn't it by them? Again, but... it would it would make absolute sense, but <laughs> the, I think the question was not why he didn't bring certain players on. It was why did Gray stay on? Yeah, in, in that in that thing. Yeah, he he probably needs to come out. The, the... and it's also I... for West Brom on left wing for them. It'll probably be Grady Dean Garner, which is another very tough defensive test for whoever's yeah. playing right back. So having the pace of Spence would be nice. Yeah, um, I, t- I think I think for me, you've got you've got to see that, and I think Nonto needs to start. So you'd have Nonto for James, I assume. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you take. I suppose it's the the, the flip of a coin. If you take Somerville out, does that force them to do different things? Mm. Or do you just lose a creative outlet for, you know, again, you are putting in a quality player. But um, for for me, yeah, it's probably Somerville and Nonto you you would want starting. But yeah. Um, the other thing with it, of course, the bit that we don't have access to that they do is they'll have done the training session with all the vests on and stuff. They'll yeah. have a better idea of who's more knackered. Like I said, it once I, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world, and you probably want to do this against someone lower down the table. Is is maybe give Somerville a game off because I, I just think he gets absolutely beaten up every week. Because he just runs at people, so he's go- he's going to get kicked a lot. Um, yeah. in, and... in theory, it would have actually probably given recent form been the Preston game. Yeah, because again, you've got the talent there, and and, and I get that you know Jade Anthony had, had missed out the week before, so he's probably not up to up to fitness. But but Willie Nanto absolutely is, and he's just yeah. there. Um. It, yeah, and it's, I... it's this very odd situation we've, we've got ourselves in now of someone who um, went about trying to leave in completely the wrong fashion that we all desperately wanted to keep, who now can't get in the team. And I kind of wouldn't blame them if they tried to leave in January yes. because, because they don't play. Yeah, I don't think they expected... Won Somerville to be quite as good as he's been, but I don't think they expected Dan James to step up as much as he has. Because mm. I think, obviously, if they'd have known, they would have probably just sold him and yeah. had the money and, you know, bought a left back. Uh... <laughs> we wouldn't have bought a left back. Nah, we wouldn't have bought a left back. I'm living in a dreamland there. You <laughs> we just got Sam Byron, man. Yeah. Um, any other changes that you could see happening? I, I don't think he'll do it, but I would. I wouldn't be that shocked if Perot got a game off here. I'm just and and like Somerville moves to ten and Nanto comes in. Um, he, he absolutely could. I I don't see it happening, especially with him being the one that came off <laughs> at Preston. I'm just so, saying, we're going for all of this. It's going to be unchanged, isn't it? it uh, it's absolutely... Well, with the exception of Darlow. But the thing is that we haven't really talked about that as a thing because it's just, it, Melly is suspended, Darlow's going to play fine. <laughs> yeah, I've got Carl Darlow for a few games. And um, I said Christopher Klaassen, you, you said Van den Hervel. 
on the bench I, because, because I don't, I have been I don't know if Christopher Clarkson still exists. I have binned off LUTV because one out of every four under-21 games they were actually able to show because of all the broadcasting restrictions and stuff. So I just stopped bothering. But when I've been looking at... I don't even know if Clarkson's been playing, to be honest. I don't know if he's here. Um, but looking at West Brom, like as I say, they look like a 4-2-3-1 in most games. Um, still got like Semi Ajayi and Kipre at the back, and I believe that they uh, still have Kyle Bartley as well. Yeah, they do. So like they've got three good centre backs for two positions, which is pretty solid. Um, obviously we've got Alex Mowat, who we all like. Matt Yakushlu's a pretty good midfielder. John Swift is one at most. He's one of the more creative midfielders you'll see in this league. He's pretty good. And uh, Jed Wallace always seems to have a good game against us. He'll probably play on the right. Yeah. They they're not blessed with loads of goal scorers. They've got that uh Brandon Thomas Asante that came up. I want to say they got him from Salford, but he was pretty good. But that's about it in terms of out and out strikers. They've also, by the looks of this, he's been mostly coming off the bench. But uh that Jeremy Samiento from Brighton, mm. who played World Cup for they've got him on loan as well. So that's another pretty good option. Oh, they have got Josh Madju as well. I forgot about that, but he's only started one game. So I don't know if he's... He must have been injured or something to have only played once. Yeah. Oh, bless him. He'll always have France. Um, they are... As I look at it, I don't think there's anyone I'm massively afraid of. They just have a solid upper mid-table championship team, I think, when you look at that. Like, there's there's a lot of championship experience in that team. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched loads of him. That Connor Townsend that plays left-back, a lot of people say is very good. We've got Daniel Furlong at right-back. He's been... Go- I mean, he's one of them that's been around forever, and I bet he's about 24. Yeah. like Because he, he was young when he broke in. It is a good squad. It's not a great squad, but it's a good squad. Sorry, how old did you say Downhill Furlong was? Well, he's been around for ages, but I think he's a lot younger than I think, so I'm going to say like 25. He's 28. All oh, right, all oh, right. Um, <laughs> in, that, in that case, then, it's just me misremembering how young he was when he broke in. <laughs> he, he is also uh, Paul Furlong's son. Yeah. So. Just to confirm. Um, yeah, like uh, Semi HA, I've always quite liked. Uh, I don't yeah, know if he had a brief look at him. Um, he is big. As yeah, well. when we had the uh, Bielsa side and they, they bought him off Rotherham for like a couple of million, mm. and I quite fancied us getting him. I don't think that it was a, like, not because of the world beat, but I just thought at that price he'd been a really good uh, player to have. Um, they're fifth. Six points behind us. So, like, if they, they'll be looking at this game thinking, win that, and all of a sudden you're on the coattails, aren't you? And it'll, it'll be a tough one, this. Like, Jed, Jed Wallace, he'll be another one. You know, don't show him inside too much, but he's a really... he He's, he's a good player, but against us, he's got a history of being really good. Yeah. He's a... Uh... 
Well, sorry, I was just looking at what Alex Mower has done this season. Um, um, played seven, what, scored one. The bits I've seen, I think he's been quite good this year. Yeah, I tell, I, seven appearances in the league this season. Um, I, whether that's down to injuries or, or what, I don't entirely know. Mm. I don't know, that might just be... Sorry, no, that's just something that hasn't been updated. 22 appearances, two goals, uh, two assists and a goal. Yeah. So, yeah, he is involved. You can just run away from him, mostly. Yeah. It's um, much like a lot, much like basically every game except for Leicester and Southampton. You look at it and go player for player, we should be better than them. Yeah, I think so. And uh, it's just about our application. The problem is, it's been particularly... Obviously, we won't beat it at home. As it's the away form that's for worry. Mm. And they will have seen, you know, the, the Stoke game and the Sunderland game and the Preston game, where if they get into a solid mid to, you know... Mid block, you, you probably don't want to go full low block because we'll like, we'll have enough possession to just keep knocking on the door. But if you're getting a solid mid block, defend well, you prob there's a decent chance you're going to score one. And if you can nullify our attack a bit, you're in with a really good shout. And I think that they'll they'll do a similar thing. They'll basically set up as Preston did. Yeah, so I'm just looking at the the home and away tables. Um, I mean, you can tell I, I, the team, you know, sort of the top four are where you'd expect them to be. Leicester have got 30 points at home, Ipswich 29, we've had 28, Southampton 26. Um, whereas we've only picked up 17 points away from home. Um, West Brom have only won four away from home at their 12. Um, so again, you'd you'd like to think, given how we have been at home this season, that we that we should have it. It's it's just, just this recent run of games and and performances is is probably leaving quite a few people doubtful at the moment. Yeah. So um, I've had predictions sent in. Alex has gone two apiece. Connie has all Connie as he has the last two has gone for a one 0 win. Um. <sighs> I can't not be a bit of a pessimist. I just I'm incapable of being, so I'm gonna say one all draw. I'm gonna go two one win. Two one win. Yeah, well, as I said, they've um player for player, we should have it, but they have certainly enough to worry us. I would like to see a couple of changes because players look knackered. I wouldn't mind see. I, I know it didn't work against Stoke. I really wouldn't mind seeing Grover get a game. But we'll I'd, love to, I'd love to know what sort of midfielder he is. Yeah, well, I mean, we've seen him do back heels over people's heads against Ipswich. So as far as, <laughs> as, far as I can tell, is Diego Maradona. His uh, his highlight reel when he leaves is going to be very fascinating. So leave the memories alone. <laughs> he's he's just behind Miller when he when he scores. So it's just going to be like a close-up of him just going heads in hand, slow motion, cut to a, a little back heel, uh, back heel pass to Junior Furpo, cut to heads on uh, hands on head when Bamford misses a penalty, 
There's two great examples of it. There's one that was actively bad things that was very funny, which was, uh, God, this is years ago. I was at uni. There was a very cut together um, highlights of Paul McShane at Hull. It was just basically mistakes. But there's a really famous one that was a, remember Ali Sissoko? Hmm. I that. It was from his loan spell at Liverpool. And it was like highlight. And what it was was like five yard passes and stuff because he hadn't done anything. Yeah. And uh, Ilya Gurev's going to be a bit like that at this rate. But no, uh, hopefully we can get a result. It's just in case people haven't noticed, it's a quarter past eight kickoff. Yeah, very late. Which is really late. And if you're going, good luck. Because that, even though that, that half an hour isn't much, that might make a late difference for getting back. Yeah. Uh, are you looking forward to it? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because it's a Leeds game. But I'll be honest, there is also a part of it. Like, my brother's up visiting, so I'll be watching the game with him, and that helps. It's all it's all getting very stressful again now. Yeah. Well, did you see there was a tweet that went a little bit viral among the Leeds pages? It was like the highlights of, you know, the shit Chilino years. Mm. Admittedly, most of them were from, like, the Monk. Were monk. So it was a little bit better. We're going, oh, remember this? No pressure, no nothing. And getting nostalgic for it. Like, no, it was awful and we were shit. And there's a reason that the ground was half empty. It was it was <laughs> shit going to the game knowing you weren't going to play well. Yeah. Oh, that Neil Warnock era. Christ. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, would, I would every day of the week much rather feel the stress of these games because there is something at stake. Yeah. Because I've sat through years of us not competing for anything. Well, the 15th years. Yeah, and just how bored you get. And the fact you just sat there and it's... You sat there mostly for the social aspect of it all of a sudden. You just... You say, yeah, everything all right? Yeah. What, are you doing? what are you doing after this then? Yeah, yeah. Are we going forward? Uh, he's, he's over it anyway. So, so what are you doing after that? Like, you know, it's yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I just I want it to be good. It's like it's nice because it's so much better than it was last year. Um, I just yeah, just want us to. I want Fark to make entirely reasonable decisions. Is what I want. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? Just before we finish, I will mention this because he's. He's caught what's the term that the kid used? Caught through strays through yeah. this. Um, I am not, I'm by no means not still wanting fact to be the man. Of course, I do. He's doing a, he's doing a good enough job, but I have no implications to want anything else. But there has been a few calls of like that were a bit that were a lot stronger than that, that were probably a bit unreasonable, but there has been some pretty reasonable things of saying. You look at the way that Bielsa had a mid-level squad and made him into a really good side in this league. And what we have is a really good squad that is in some games being made to play like quite a mid-level side. And play I don't think that's I certainly don't think that's entirely unfair to say. The, 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 there, are, there are certainly times when you, it does feel like that they are a tad shackled. When you when you look at the overall quality of those players and what they can do, um, and and again it's the, it's the little things of the, the you know just the amount of times they turn down 
the the diagonal ball over the top or something like that. Yeah. It's you don't um, really see that on the telly, but when you're at the game, you'll see four really good, well timed runs in behind, and the pass never goes to him. Yeah, which which seem which seems strange because on the one hand you'd think, well, if if they're not meant to be doing it, why make the runs? But um, at the same time, it's it's clearly not the preference. Because I think otherwise you'd have Ampadu and Kamara and Roden and Strauch would be would be more switched on to them. Yeah. Um because because you do look at, the, at this team and you just think you you've got this you know, you've got a top a top quality player, you know, creative player in Jorginho. You you've got one of the top goal scorers in the championship from the last two years. You've you've got a lad who I genuinely think is on the fringes of the Dutch side at this point yeah and the quickest player in the league as your front four yeah that i definitely think we could be doing more with them yeah. and, and i don't think i don't think it's that far off but there's certainly times when you just look and go just let them go they're just that good just ampadu and kamara will sort out the defensive stuff. Don't worry about Piru, just let him go a little bit more. Mm. Um, well, we'll see if we're a bit more positive and a bit more flowing going forward tomorrow night. But uh, that will do us for episode 245 at Mike White's podcast. I've been Jack's here. In case you have a good one. In a bit.